Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the roundtable discussion podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we dive into the bloodiest of the Bard's canon with Titus Andronicus. As a warning, this show does feature sexual violence as a key plot element. While there's no depictions or descriptions within the episode or the show, it's worth giving a heads up to those that may find the discussion of it uh, troubling. Uh, But for now, on with the show. That's right, you're on vacation this week. I'm so excited. So, um, I've started rehearsals for Romeo and Juliet. I know. With uh, Horizon Youth Theater. I met one of your people yesterday. Did you? Yeah, I don't know his name. He was small, wore glasses, talked to Pat. Oh, Isaac, yeah. Oh, okay. Because Isaac knows Pat. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking about, at one point in time, Pat turned to me and he goes, what's Ryan Halfhill's opinion on the Great Gatsby? Uh, he says it's stupid, and he's wrong. No, I'm right. Because what's Ryan Hatfield's opinion on Romeo and Juliet? I'm like, he says it's stupid, and there's a two-hour podcast of him just <laughs> saying it's stupid. And I'm right. And the little kid goes, oh yeah, I heard that. I'm like, you shouldn't be listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> how, how old is this kid? I don't know. He looks like 12 or 13. Yeah, he should not be listening. Like, I, I, I feel I, like, I'm like, I'm sorry. And then I turned to his mom, I'm like, actually, I should be telling you. I mean, PG-13, if you listen to it with his mom, that's, that's on. Well, well, and look. But actually, we drop way too many F-bombs for it to be PG-13. Yeah, Every yeah. single one of these is marked explicit. There is no PG-13. It is an yeah, on-off no, on- switch of grown-ups, everybody. But I, I do have several children. Yeah, we're not rated E for everyone. I uh, I do have several children who have told me now that instead of saying, oh, I'm meaning to listen to your podcast, have told me that they are actively listening to it. So that's mm. a weird thing. But so we've been we've been spending this last week just doing language work. I've got a decent mix of students who are familiar with Shakespeare and students who aren't. Um, so we've just been going over language. And then today we started doing character work because I wanted them to all kind of develop their characters and come up with some backstory and Chase knows exactly where I'm going with yep. this. Um, and so we're setting Romeo and Juliet on a playground between rival elementary school classes. So all of the characters except the prince and the chorus are in the fifth grade. It's going to work, I promise, because I've put a lot of effort oh, into making no, it work. Oh, no, the immaturity of the relationship. Yeah, no, it's perfect. And Juliet, except for the sex <laughs> Is perfect for fifth grade. We're not doing the sex scene, so there you go. But um, so I'm I'm asking all these kids, like I'm giving them questions, like what is your full name, how old are you, what's your family life like, who is your best friend, um, and then I had them answer about twenty twenty five questions like this, writing down the answers, and then I had them go around the circle and say uh, their three things that they wanted to tell the whole group about their character. And so we get to my kid who's playing Paris. And I've, I have, you probably did, but I'm going to share anyway, because I love it. Um, But we get to my Paris and we've, I've been very clear from the beginning, like from auditions that Paris is the actual worst. And so everybody else is going, Oh, well, my full name is, we get to this kid and he goes, 
I'm a wheeling, tweeling 11-year-old who plays tennis, the stock market, and women. I am allergic to amoxicillin in all variations. <laughs> Delivered it exactly like that. <laughs> and it was the best thing ever. It's the amoxicillin that is still getting me. Because I've heard and read this probably about six or seven times it, since Cassie got home. So about the past six hours. He has a weakness. He does. And he's, he's up front of but it's really one that just gets you better drugs. Exactly. If you're allergic to amoxicillin, instead of having to take that weird bubblegum flavored drink, you get the Z-Pack and mm-hmm. you're done in five days. So Paris, yeah, he's got a weakness, but is it really a weakness or is it just something that gets him out of everything else? So, no, it was a fun day listening to everybody kind of develop their characters and the relationships between their characters and looking at them. And obviously, one kid was paying things. attention. Uh, when you said that Paris was the worst. Yeah, exactly. And he just It's hard to say that any one character is the worst in that play. No. You see, the nice thing about a sliding scale (laughs) (laughs) is that we can have, in a group of worsts, somebody who is... Is Paris the worst of the worst? Is he the worst person in Romeo and Juliet? In our version, yeah. I don't know if he's the worst. Well, in our version, uh, Aeschylus is the vice principal of the school and very bad at her job. Um, you have to come see this production, Ryan. You have to promise me you're going to come. He's Can a- I sell you on it by telling you that the Queen Mab's speech will be delivered while hanging upside down from a geodome? It does make it more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it's okay. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not morally opposed to seeing productions of R and J. I'm morally opposed to that play in many for many reasons. Could I you, will watch. I like when you, Lionface put it on. I went to that. Could you watch the show without telling a bunch of 11, 12, and thirteen year olds? Yeah, that show's stupid. Well, yeah, because I don't want to crush 11, 12, and 13-year-olds. They will know for... They already know. They've read it. (laughs) They've read it. (laughs) My cast is actually 12 to 17, but... Okay, well, yeah. If they've read it, they've definitely read it. Yeah, don't worry then. No. They already know it's terrible. It's not my least favorite Shakespeare. No, it's not my favorite. I put it below King John. Do you? Well, I... (laughs) If I'm going to... As I remember, like, King John came out surprisingly ahead of some of the other stuff we we read. I think that we came out with, like, King John is supposed to be the worst play. I read worse. Troilus and Cressida. Troilus and Cressida is hot garbage. (laughs) Emphasis on hot. hot. (laughs) Emphasis on the hot. Well, they tried to make it hot. Billy Shakes tried to make that shit hot, and it just turned out creepy. It's creepy garbage. Yep, it is. Yep. Creep, creepy uncle. Creepy pimp uncle. I'm trying to be the creepy pimp uncle. Oh. Uncle Pimpski. I did go see Hamlet last night. Did you? Yeah. I did. I'm really sad that I had no opportunity to see that Same show. Same here. Yeah. I really wanted to. I really wanted to see Pat play Claudius. He was very good. I believe he it. He was very good. You could definitely... Like, there were definitely some standouts for it. But my takeaway from the whole thing was afterwards we went across the street to Stone's Throw. Um, and the director is a very lovely man. And as every 20-year-old eventually does, he goes, you know that Hamlet is lying from his Hamlet. And I go, false! Not true. 
That is, it is Hamlet adjacent. It is borrowing similar themes, but it is not Hamlet. He goes, no, no, I can prove it. I'm like, Pat, how much time does he have? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> three minutes? Tops? I'm like, all right, Pat will give us three minutes to talk about this. You give me your best pitch in three minutes. That's why this is true. But I want to warn you, as we're going in, that I... I'm a professional drunken Shakespeare theologian. <laughs> professional. <laughs> professional. We do this in front of people. Drunken Shakespeare theologian. I'm going to put that on my CV. Go yeah. for it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. on my resume. Professional drunken you can, Shakespeare theologian. You can put theologian. me as a reference for that. Yeah. I think we need t-shirts. I do. Professional. Yeah. I think, I think <laughs> drunken Shakespeare do, theologian. We, we do need those. Because Shakespeare is religious for us. Absolutely. And we practice our religion drunk uh, one Saturday a month. It's true. And then you get to, I got to do things like, hey, did Simba go crazy? No. Well, you know, we should save did this Simba for when... Simba contemplate suicide? All right, we'll we save should, it. We should save this for when we're talking about Hamlet. Well, and we'll go into it. Because, because actually, because there's, well, there's, there's, you know, there's several. Because there's that, there's Sons of Anarchy, there's a few. And Sons of Anarchy is closer than Lion King. I agree. Through a few seasons. Until it, yeah. Sp- specifically because the uncle is actually sleeping with a mother. Yes. Like, without the incestuous bed of Denmark, half the lines that Hamlet... A couch! <laughs> Let Denmark not be a couch of luxury and incest. Do you want it just to be a couch of luxury, then? I really like a nice couch. Can I have a luxurious couch? No, no, no. Okay, all right, you're the ghost. You're the ghost. I don't know what I'm talking about. Excellent. But what we are going to talk about tonight on this episode... Is it going to be murder? There will be murder. Will it be most foul? It will be most foul. Will there be revenge? There will be revenge. Are we talking about Hamlet? No. What are we going to talk about? It's also not a kissing book. This isn't a kissing book? (laughs) No. But there's kissing that happens. Well, unwilling kissing. Well, some willing. But mostly. Mostly unwilling. (laughs) There's also tree hands. (laughs) Yes, on this episode of Shakespeare, we're going to talk about one of my personal favorites. Because you like... Really gross shit. <laughs> the first Shakespeare I was ever in. The first Shakespeare Chase Greenlee was ever in because I directed him in this. We're going to talk about Titus Andronicus. Titus and what? Titus Andronicus. Andronicus? <laughs> no, Titus. Who's Dronicus? Andronicus. Andronicus. <sighs> one word. Is it Ronicus? Ronicus. Yeah. What's, on, what's on second? <laughs> yeah, so, well, Titus and his boy Ronicus. So I went out looking for. Uh, a specific adaptation, which we'll talk about adaptations later. Um, and I was surprised to find out how many comedians and how many uh, hard rock bands use Titus Andronicus in any way in their title. There's there are some people think that this show about terrible, terrible physical harm is hilarious, or what you want to address yourself is. There is a band called Titus Andronicus. Why? Why not? Mur- murder and rape. That's why not. <laughs> this show is And don't fantastic. forget cannibalism. Again, not willing. <laughs> Unwilling Un- cannibalism, which unwitting. is the name of my band. Unwitting cannibalism, unwitting. even. And it's not I like unwitting I like unwilling cannibalism better. That's a better band name. It's not the only time we have cannibalism though inside Shakespeare. 
You will know, but it is the most famous. It is the most famous. Oh. And this is this is potentially Shakespeare's first play. This so I spent some time reading because we well, before we jump on in, we should probably introduce this the Shakespeare podcast. Well, I kind of did, but yes, we should. This is the Shakespeare podcast, episode forty. Oh. Mm. Episode a lot. This is the part of the episode where we forget what episode this is. <laughs> this is episode a lot. We'll tell you at the next episode what it is. We'll chase right. chime in in a minute. My name's Ryan Hathill. My name's Cassie Greenlee. <laughs> no! I'm... Huh. Who are you going to be? I guess i got to be Chase Greenlee. And that makes me Beth Roars. <laughs> you lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I could be so lucky. This is episode 47. <laughs> I want you to know that I'm old enough now that my back always hurts. So. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy that, you lucky so-and-so. There's nothing like being old enough that you have your air conditioning full blast in the summer, but your heated car seat's on just to try to relax the tension. <laughs> Icy to dull the pain, <laughs> not to <laughs> relax it away. I don't smell like Bengay all the time. Yet. <laughs> but there is a bottle of Asper cream in the fifth house. So I'm just throwing that out there. Enjoy being Beth Royce. Excellent. Looking forward to it. I have as well. Also, if you could foot the bill for the birthday party tomorrow, that'd be good. No. <laughs> no. Nobody wants that. Nobody's going to do that. That's why. Yeah, this is episode 47 of the Shakespeare podcast, and we are talking about Titus Andronicus. Titus Andronicus. And as you were saying, this is widely believed to be... Yes, potentially widely believed Shakespeare's first play. So this is a play that we've all been personally involved in in some way. Not Cassie. Not Cassie. I saw it. You saw it. Cassie saw it. But it's... It was where she fell in love with Chase. It's... (laughs) I was barely on stage. (laughs) That would have been quick. It didn't take Well, of course, it was love at first sight. Not with that face. So... (laughs) I went back to uh, Harold Bloom and the invention of the... Of course, yes. So I went back to Harold Bloom to read his chapter on Titus Andronicus before I got into it. I'm like, I can reread all of the text again, but I have such an ingrained understanding of it that I don't think it's going to change my opinion on anything that's going on. So I listened to the text again, and I read a couple of, of books about it. And so... Harold Bloom says that he wrote this directly after Richard III. And that this was part of... He wrote this during the time he was apprenticed with uh, Christopher Marlowe. Well, and, and, and actually, so there's a lot of, like, uh, a lot of elements of the Jew of uh, Malta in here. Or trying to be worse than um, Barabbas in the Jew well, of Malta. And, and, and actually, that's one of the things that I was going to bring up. Is is also wildly believed that this was if not a fully collaborative effort, this was one of his um, more peer-reviewed scripts. Which makes sense. As he's starting out. No. Um, I'm not sure I'm not sure if I buy that it was written after Richard III. This is a little rougher script than that. But I definitely, I definitely agree. Time frame wise, they both had to be written around the same time. They both have a lot of the same themes. They both deal with a lot of the same, um, you know, bloodiness. And a lot of, and that's one of the things is, is early on Shakespeare was incredibly bloody. So let's get into the 
Um, Before we discovered nuance. What in nuance? All right, so let's get into that. Let's talk about the plot of Titus Andracus. It all starts with a parade. Yes, it does. The triumphant general hero returning home from war with his captives. So it's set in Rome. It is. Which I've read in the original Latin because I'm a nerd. Which is funny because they're talking about the Celts. Well, it still happens during the Gallic Wars. That's what they call the entire time. But these are these are Germanic enemies mm-hmm. that they uh, that they have returned with. Mm-hmm. And it's Goths, Goths, Visigoths, just Goths, really. Just Goths. These aren't Visigoths. They're just Goths. Um, a queen and her sons. Three sons. And a dude. And her lover. Oh, yeah. There's one of them. Never mind. There's only two that really get a whole lot of love. There's only... Trust me. There's only two that actually stick around. But it's Tamara, her three sons. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Aaron uh, the Moore. And when we... When I did this... When I directed this, my cameo appearance was to play the son that gets... Executed right in the beginning. Yep. So they all the they come in triumphant to Rome, dragging with them these conquests, this queen and her children and yeah. whatever Aaron is. And Titus, the conquering hero, has lost twenty one sons mm-hmm. to this battle. He's got four left. It's a lot of kids. It's a lot of kids. First, he was of very yes. prolific. I have two kids, and it's a lot. Twenty-five children. What? No, twenty-six children because one daughter. Oh, that's a lot of kids. It's a lot of kids, and not a not a good record for keeping them around. Eh. It's wartime. It's wartime. Um, but yeah, so he's got four sons left, and so Lucius, Quintus, Martius, and Mutius. Mutius doesn't talk a lot. (laughs) Sorry. What? Everybody's uh, happy about it. Yep. <laughs> and so Titus uh, has taken these prisoners, and in the Roman custom, to um, avenge the deaths of his sons, he takes the life of yep, Tamara's to, oldest son. Right, to appease the gods. And this is... Well, it also starts with politics, because first we have to listen to Saturnine and Bassianus. Let's not. Fight over Rome before Titus gets to enter. Right. So, in this procession and the presentation of the prisoners, the talk of that we're just going to, you know, kill... Don't worry, you're, the rest of your kids will live more, but, but we're going to kill that one. We have to. It's religion. Don't worry about it. Like, the way he goes about appeasing this woman who is begging for the life of her son is just... Hut. Tis but for religion. Don't worry about it. Everything will be okay. We'll kill your eldest son, and then you guys can live a very happy and luxurious life here in Rome. You'll be treated well. It'll be fine. And that's when everything goes awry. Well, she's already unhappy about being taken prisoner in the first place. Let alone the fact that now... uh, her son, Alarbus, is being let off to be... Would you call it alarming? That Alarbus is going to die? I wasn't alarmed. You weren't alarmed? No, I expected it. Oh, is it because you read the play? 
Yeah, multiple times. Cheater. <laughs> um, but no, Chiron and Demetrius, her other two sons, get to live. But Alarbus was her favorite. And so we have also in this scene the greetings from Lavinia to her father and surviving brothers. Lavinia being the daughter of Titus. And then Marcus Andronicus, um, the brother of Titus, is there as well to welcome them. Maybe, maybe the, one of the most steady characters. Ew. Marcus? Oh, yeah. yeah Marcus. Is I think Marcus is probably one of the more steady characters in the play. He seems to be less like... Was that um, Darren... That's who, yes. Darren, um, that in your production. Yes. Darren Kerr, the fabulous, fabulous Darren Kerr. And maybe that's why he always feels steady when I read it again. No, I mean, the character is, he's the most um, solid foundation for anyone throughout the play, is Marcus. Um, and Darren was phenomenal. I loved it. I loved mm-hmm. it, too. So, uh, see, act two, scene one. Because Act 1 is just one scene. Act, yes, the whole it, of Act it's, 1... It's huge, don't get me wrong. But it all takes place at once. I have a four-leaf clover right Oh, how lovely. So, Act 2, Scene 1. Well, we have to finish Act 1, Scene 1. There's a lot that happens in this. I, yeah. Titus loses another son. <laughs> in Act 1, Scene 1. You're skipping too far ahead there, lady. Just, it's Mutius. He doesn't talk much. Who cares? <laughs> but it was your husband. I love my husband. I he made was, Chris Roars get he, on stage. He was happy to die. I made Chris Roars get on stage. Yeah, but he was also, uh, has never let me live it down that I accidentally deceived him on how long he was going to be on stage. It's his fault for not dying sooner. Oh, no, he died soon enough, but he had to lay dead on stage for most of the rest of Act 1, Scene 1. Well... Um, Bassianus, of course, is, uh, wanting to marry Lavinia, as is Saturnine, which is the whole other conflict between the two of them. Um, Bassianus is trying to escape. Titus is gonna give Lavinia to Saturnine, or doesn't know that Bassianus is gonna run off with her. And then Mutius, of course, blocks Titus's way. And Titus kills his son, which I think is incredibly important. How do you think the other 21 died? <laughs> My food is cold. You're dead. No, I think I think the reason that this one is important uh, with Mutius here, um, it's the first uh, hint of what we're going to get later. And it also is incredibly important because I think it's the start of Titus's decline mentally. So, because that's a huge part of what this play is about. All right. So, for Titus to roll into Rome, pomp and circumstance, everything crazy going on around him, and to still be in a place to just stab his son, I'm not saying there's much of a decline. Well, no, no. Well, because what happens here in the beginning of the play is he comes back in. I just think he's insane from the moment. The he sat- comes back Saturnine in. takes the Goths, and you know, and. Takes his tribute away. Talks and talks shit to Titus, treats him like crap, <laughs> and then even even through that, Titus is still trying to be loyal to Saturnine, 
and Bassianus is going to take off with his daughter and marry her against his wishes. And so he goes to stop Bassianus and his son gets in his way. It's the start of, it's the start of Titus's mental break there because he's still trying to be that loyal, good son of Rome and do whatever Rome wants him to do until he kills his own son. And that's the point where he breaks with Rome. It's incredibly important. Sure. Sure. Super important. I'm telling you that that man is insane from the moment he walks in. He's already lost 21 kids. He is hard. And his willingness to do violence is what I think that... Like, instead of a start to a decline, I think that's just proving his willingness I disagree wholeheartedly. Good! That's why we started doing this podcast. Yep. Oh, well, I'm just Drink heavier, you. faster. I'm on my second one. Hurry up. I'm gonna stick a pin in this question. What's that? When does Titus go man? Does Titus go man? I mean, clearly. Okay. And then, of course, he argues with Marcus about it. Yeah. He's yeah. unhappy with all of his sons because they helped Lavinia escape. So, and and they're unhappy with him because he... Killed, killed their brother. brother yeah. Well, of course, Mar- Martius and Quintus um, kind of talk amongst themselves. There's a there's an interesting dynamic though that starts at the very end of the scene. I guess that is something that I can't pass over, which is uh, that Tamora does start to show her influence over Saturnine as she is able to like start whispering in his ear. You know, it's okay. Forgive everybody. Forgive them all. Let's just go about and have some celebrations. So she's able to kind of calm the situation down, which doesn't... I Every time I read it, I'm like, why the fuck are you trying to calm the situation down? I would be trying to ramp it up to make them all stab each other. You have a chance of everybody stabbing well, each she, other, and then you and your sons run away. But, she, needs, she needs to ingratiate herself to Saturnine, because she'll never make it out of the city at this point. Yeah, so she does. She starts to show her influence over him. Um, and that really, that's the close of that entire act. Is there anything now that I'm missing? Or can I start talking about my favorite scene with Aaron? Yeah, we can talk about that. Okay. Now. We're so, now to, now to see Okay, so I get excited about this because Aaron is maybe one of my very favorite characters in Shakespeare. Um, he is the early proto-Iago. Yes, but I think he's better than Iago. So I He's love, rougher. He's rougher. Fine. But I love a self-aware villain, which we talked about in Richard III. I love a self-aware villain. Tell me you're being villainous for villainous reasons. I hate... Like, part of the problem with King John is he's doing bad and stupid things for no discernible reason. Why am I being evil today? I didn't really know what else to do with my Wednesday. It was kind of dreary, so I thought, eh, evil. Why not? Aaron goes into some beautiful dialogue. He has, he has great monologues and great dialogue. Um, he, from, from, the, from the get-go, um, comes in, like... Swinging. Full bore. Full bore. He is... There's no part of me that thinks that Aaron is ever crazy. Aaron is out for Aaron and... What that means is he has to be part of Tamora's crew. And he's just... 
Yeah. I don't think so anyone, self-aware. I don't so think anyone called him crazy, but but he is viciously amoral. He is, and he says mm-hmm. it. He's like, "Why? Why should I bother? Your morals don't apply to me because you don't apply your morals when you deal with me. I am a black othered body. I am the black sheep. I'm well. I think he calls it black you, black sheep, something mm-hmm. like that. So these people treat me as I am the devil. I will become the devil." Why should I act any differently than what they expect? He had, me to he had uh, when I directed this, I had to go with the uh, the Spanish more route because I could not get uh, a black actor. It's true, and really, he's Irish, and he just went to the tanning bed a lot. Uh, he, but he's also part Greek, which helped the Mediterranean. Uh, the Mediterranean. Oh, he gets dark. Lineage. Don't get me wrong. But, but you know, I had to go. To, I had to go to the Spanish Moor route because did, I did you end, not have Did a, you end up cutting out the references to the black skin? No. No. Okay. No, I wasn't going to cut that out of the text. Um, but no, my uh, it all all the music in the show when I directed it was sixties uh, era Vietnam music. I mean, the whole aesthetic was very... Well, like, it was, it was, it was all... Um, and Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones was what played in the interlude between Act 2, Scene 1 and... Or Act 1, Scene 1 and Act 2, Scene 1. Yeah. To, to basically be Aaron's entrance music, you know. So, you know, I set that up from the beginning with, with him, and then Mike, Mike did a beautiful job. But as far as dastardly demons. He knows exactly what he is. Oh, yeah. He doesn't think he's trying... And, I feel and like, he doesn't hide what he is. I feel like they try to... That Shakespeare tries to do this again with, with John John in Much Ado About Nothing where he talks, oh, well, I'm just going to cause trouble. And it doesn't... No other villain in any other Shakespeare plays this self-aware, plays this just on the shelf evil for everyone to see. And I, well, love, yeah, because, I love it. It's why I love Aaron so much. He's and, like, like yeah, Iago, yeah. I know that a lot of people love Iago. Well, Iago, 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 the big difference between Aaron and Iago, and, you know, I like, and I do, Aaron is proto-Iago. We don't get the fully realized Iago that comes in Othello without Shakespeare having a go at it first with Aaron. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's different and the thing that really makes me enjoy Aaron as well is what you just said for everyone to see. So in his evilness in this scene, for plot reasons, because Cassie's getting that like, guys, plot face. <laughs> so in his whole talk about being evil, one of the things he's doing is... um their names, Demetrius and Chiron Chiron Demetrius, are arguing because apparently Lavinia has beer-flavored nipples. Yeah, every <laughs> everybody wants some. Everybody, that's a ten things I hate about you reference. If you're mm-hmm. under the age of thirty, so thirty's being generous. Thirty's being generous, but Cassie's not thirty yet, and she's seen it. I'm thirty-one. Damn it, Chase isn't thirty. Yet. I am three days older than Cassie. Ten, ten days, days older. Whatever. Never he doesn't even know how old he is. <laughs> but it's older than Cassie. But they've seen it. So, they're fighting over um, trying to... Who's going to get the chance to seduce Lavinia? And Aaron's like, don't bother. 
You're not going to be able to seduce her. She's a Roman woman. You're a goth. That's not going to happen. How about this? If you want her, why don't you just go get her and tag team her? Just have her. Cool. If what you want is to have her, have her. Cool. Um, cool. And they're like, huh. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great a idea. Lot. That's a great yeah. idea. So the most brutal thing of the entire play is set up in that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just... Would serve just your turns. <laughs> I so the turn were served. Aaron, thou hast hit it. Would thou had hit it to and Aaron's like, I might hit it. It depends. On it what depends you, on how I'm you know, feeling. How you, how you feel. If I'm feeling froggy, maybe. So then we're going to flash right back to a scene that I think really like portrays the innocence of Lavinia. Because now we're back with Titus. We're talking about... Oh, are we talking about, about the hunt? Yeah. We're talking... Well, no. The, they're talking about um, setting up for the newlyweds to be together and... The uh, newlyweds being, newlyweds yeah. being. Well, Act Two, yeah. Scene Two. There's the, yeah. there's the Tamara hunt and Saturnine first. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. But Lavinia is. They're talking about her marriage. They're talking about what she's going to be doing, and she's so naive and innocent. And yeah, I cut that scene. You cut that scene. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's beginning for the hunt. The hunt begins. Moving then straight into the hunt. And then Aaron with his bag of gold. He that had wit would think I had none to bury so much gold under a tree. <laughs> I love, I love, love this because this is this is Aaron breaking the fourth wall and looking directly at the audience and like, if somebody saw me bury a bag of gold, they'd think I was a fucking idiot for burying it under this tree over here. And he's talking, and you know, he goes on to further talk about his his plan. When Tamora comes up and is trying, you know, my sweet boy, my Aaron, he's like, no, 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 no. Keep it in your pants, lady. We got other shit to do. I don't, I don't have time to fuck I don't have right time now. for this. Um, but as they're having their conversation, up walks Lavinia and Bassianus, and they start, like, just railing against the goth queen for being not only a goth, <laughs> but also an adulteress. How could she be so terrible? Um, well, yeah, it's because she's openly, openly sleeps with Aaron the Moor. Yeah. And so, the, so her boys come round the outside and stab Bassianus, just mm. like, like, this They're is- They're like walking through the woods and like, you're talking shit to my mom? Yeah, no, nobody's saying that shit about my mom but me. Um, so they like, they come across- Aaron and Tamora, and these two, I don't know, entitled Romans. Chuckle fucks, thank you! You're welcome. <laughs> these two Roman chuckle fucks. These two Roman chuckle fucks are like, man, mm, not only are you a dirty goth, but you're also a super slut. You're both super sluts, and he is the devil's child, and he, you shouldn't be sleeping with him. And the kids are like, ugh! Talk about my mom, stabby, Don't stabby. talk about my slutty mom that way. <laughs> and you, Lavinia, in that pit, you're going to get tied up. <laughs> and terrible things. Oh, God, the terrible things. Well, do you think if she would have left her mouth shut, maybe? Nope. No. Nope. She probably was going to get it anyway. Nah, well, no, is... no, this this was set up from the beginning. Yeah. Um, And Aaron just encouraged these two... Um, other chuckle, other chuckle, chuckle fucks. fucks. 
to uh, to fucking rape this girl and do what they wanted with her, and they're um, for plot purposes they leave her alive. Yeah, mm-hmm. for plot purposes. But so <laughs> they run off to go get. Saturnine and like, hey, come look. Yeah, but they chuck they chuck Bassianus into the pit and then drag Lavinia off. Like, hey, Saturnine, come look, come look, your brother's dead. And we just happened to find this letter near the body. But first, Quintus and Martius Ugh, come more. along and they fall in the hole. Idiots. It Not is. my proudest moment on stage. So, alright. I, I did play Quintus in this. So, let's fast forward a second. They give... Saturnine comes and he's confused. Well, no, Saturnine hasn't even gotten there Well, give me a second. I'm fast forwarding. I said fast forward a second. No, we can't fast forward. We can't fast forward. No, we need to fast forward so we can go back. Oh, God, I hate you. <laughs> you yell at me if I skip. You yell at me if I skip. I'm yelling at you for yeah, skipping. Yeah, but then you always go, yeah... I didn't skip. You're wrong about the order. Uh, and then I let you have your way because you're much louder. I have my script right in front of me. Okay, fine. Finish it up. And then I have some things to say. <laughs> Make it funny, though. <laughs> right now I'm... Well, I already did. I talked about Quint- Quintus and Marcia's falling down the hole. They did fall down a hole. So, two other chuckle fuck brothers. These chuckle fucks fall down a hole and land on top of the other dead chuckle And fuck. Aaron has set this up okay. because he's... He dug the pit. He well, he dug the pit, and he's putting them on top of the body so that they'll look. So suspicious. they look like they did it because they're covered in chuckle fucks blood. So how do you? This is what I wanted to fast forward to. All right, so Aaron has set this all up. Chuckle fuck one is dead. Chuckle fuck two and three have now fallen in the hole. They're covered in blood. <laughs> um, first of all, why do you get in the hole with the guy you're killing? Well. Like, it- you killed but them. No, but they fell in the hole. They didn't like. They didn't choose to get in the hole. With yeah, him. but wouldn't you? Correct, correct. But well, maybe he pulled them in as they were killing. Him. Stop talking for a second. All right. So they bring over Saturnine, who's like, "Oh my god, my brother is he is dead." He's like confused about it. He's like, "How is that possible? How can that be? How is my brother oh, dead?" Oh no, Bassianus is dead. How oh, can that be? So he's confused as like. Is he dead? Is he alive? He's in the pit. Those other two people are in the pit. They're alive. This seems strange. And Tamora's like, I know, it seems strange, but I happen to find this letter in which it is clearly spelled out, hey, boys, please do kill this man. Love and kisses Titus. With a sack of gold. (laughs) I've hidden a sack of gold under a tree for you instead of in our house where we live together and could have done this vocally instead of anything being written down. I just happened to find that letter, so clearly this is Titus is doing, don't you think? Happened. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron wanders off and gets gets And then the chuckle and fucks, then, then, well, then of the course, fucks in the hole are like well, We wouldn't have gotten in here if we were gonna kill him. Now we can't get out Well and, and, it's, and it's perfect timing because Aaron takes Saturnine over there and then like, on cue, practically, Tamara shows up with Andronicus and Lucius. As if it is, in fact, on cue. Yeah, exactly. This is... So- and then she she immediately goes, where's your brother? What brother? To, to Saturnine. About Bassianus. She's like, 
Oh, Saturnine, where's your brother? Who is dead in this fucking hole? How did that happen? Are you confused that he's dead in that hole? I'm so confused. I'm so confused. I'm an idiot. And then here's the letter. And if we miss to meet him handsomely, sweet huntsman, Bastianist as we mean. Yeah, of course. And by him, but we and by mean him, Bassianus. we mean Bassianus. And by you, I mean you too. Dig the grave for him and look for your reward, which is bag of gold hidden under the, the fucking elder tree near the pit where that, we're going to bury Bassianus. Then, okay, so again, let's break down that for a second. This is poor. This is just poor writing. This is just poor writing. Dig a hole to bury him in. For I have hidden gold near the hole that you will dig by, like, how the fuck do you know where I'm going to dig the hole? <laughs> well, because there's nettles in an elder tree. They gave him landmarks. There's, this is, <laughs> there's nettles in elder trees everywhere. There are nettles all over my backyard right now because I'm a terrible gardener. <laughs> this isn't, like, it's in specific. The woods. Yeah. Well, make yourself some nettle tree. Nettle, ooh, nettle tea. No. Not nettle tree. And one of them is tall enough. It could be probably could, could be true. Like I should is pull it out. Jamie gonna climb it? <laughs> Jamie, no, but he's probably gonna eat it. Saturnine yeah. reads this, and then immediately Aaron comes on, going, "My lord, I found this bag of gold that I right there where the letter said it would be. Can I keep it? That I conveniently <laughs> fucking hid under this fucking tree. I dug the hole for the gold and the man. I did this all. So this is the most convoluted and terribly written. Set up. Maybe in the history of writing. But Saturnine is fan, so... Fan fiction for bad books. Saturnine is well, so dumb... Yeah, that he's like... That he's like, he's immediately... Yeah. He's like, Titus, look what your sons did. And Titus is like, um, okay, if if the fault be proved... And Saturnine's like, um, if it's proved, I there's have a, a pit and a dead body and your sons are in it with them. And That's all a, the... There's a letter. There's, there's a letter. Yeah. That's all the proof the I need. Aaron... That he is so trustworthy, found the gold that was in the letter. This dude I met yesterday found the bag of gold over and there. And sure, 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 you lost all of your sons fighting for me in a different country, but that guy <laughs> who last seen, if you remember, I don't know if you guys watched that, he told everybody he was evil. That guy found the gold and he brought it to me and he told me you did it. So you must have done it and I'm going to kill y'all. Immediately. And Saturnine, of course, also, is done yeah. My wife has vouched for this, and it's not like my wife and this Moor are prisoners of war and would have any reason to want or revenge against us. There is the fraternization to consider, but no. No, I think we should just get to the murder part. Well, we've already had one murder today. If we don't hit five, it's not a good Thursday. <laughs> Titus and Lucius go, peace. We're out. Uh, that is what we call the Looney Tunes run away quickly. <laughs> Poof! And they're gone. So, in another part of the forest, what do you think's happening to Lavinia? Not good things. Well, not good things? Not good things. What happens next is Act 2, Scene 4, the Empress's sons, Demetrius and Chiron, enter with Lavinia, who has her hands cut off and her hung cut out. and she Her hung? Gone. Her tongue has been cut out. Is that what it sounds like when you say tongue when you don't have one? Her tongue has been cut out. Yeah, a little bit. Um, And she has been ravished. Yes. Not ravishing. Ravish. 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 They 
um, cut and, off her hands and cut out her tongue so that she could not identify them I as want, her. So she could not write and could not speak. But, but she can, can still, like... I can point with a bloody stump pretty well. <laughs> yeah, it was them. Hold and on. then, of course, of course, Demetrius comes in taunting her. You know, go and tell them if you can speak. Ha ha ha, which I know you can't because I cut out your tongue after I raped you. These are not good dudes. Oh, no, they're terrible people. Um, they're horrible people. And they were encouraged by the most horrible people. Yes. Aaron the Moore. Aaron the Moore. Most yeah. horrible person. One. So, it is Marcus who finds her. And this is... This speech... It's heartbreaking. ...is mm-hmm. evidence of the Shakespeare that we will get. Yeah. And this speech makes me cry. I'm almost crying thinking about this speech right now. It's beautiful. Um, Marcus's reaction to what happens to Lavinia when he finds her. And it's best that it was Marcus. It's the most perfect moment in the play that Marcus is the one that finds her. You can't prove to me that Titus wouldn't have just killed her for being deflowered. No. Yeah. Um, can't, can't. can't prove that. Yeah. So, um, but, but Marcus, and Marcus, gentle Marcus, not warlike. Sweet Marcus. He Gen- is. Gentle Marcus. He is. Even he is willing to start stabbing motherfuckers because of what has happened here. What does it take to get you to turn against Rome? Is it the mutilation and rape of your daughter? Hmm. Sure, why not? Well... Gotta have a line. Gotta have... Everybody has a line. Um, but no, this... Ah, oh man, this speech is so amazing. Give us your favorite... Couple of lines. Uh, I can't. I can do the whole thing, but I can't. We'll save that for the next one. Yeah, I can't okay. just. I can't just pull out a couple lines because you need context. Okay, so Marcus picks Lavinia up off the ground, gets her standing, and convinces her, in her shambled state, to come back with him. And that is the end of uh, Act Two. So Act 3 starts with a trial. The trial of Martius and Quintus. So they are being tried for Bassianus' death. Uh, Titus is acting as their uh, counsel. Yeah, it's not... I don't think it's a good choice. But, you know, I think he's crazy for the entire thing. Um, Especially when they just... like People are walking into the courtroom, swords drawn... Like, guns are already blazing. Mm-hmm. We're not waiting for justice. We're waiting for And the, tribune, the tribunes are not paying attention no. to Titus. He is, he is pleading um, with deaf ears. But what can turn the tribune's tide quite like throwing Lavinia in the middle of it? So Marcus gets Lavinia to follow her and takes her straight to the court. Well, straight to Titus. Because... Straight to, well, I mean, Titus is in the court. Titus is there. And <laughs> so he, t- he takes her there. Titus tries to get her to tell what has happened. Of course, she can't talk. Lucius, of course, Lucius gets himself banished during the trial. So he figures it out using signs because, yes, in fact, she can, like, point with her stubbies. I don't think the Empress's kids are very smart. I'm just saying. 
I'm just saying that they're dumb. They're dumb. I mean, for, for purposes of plot, they kind of have to be. It's true. It's true. They're not geniuses, that's for sure. But the Emperor sends word through Aaron. Why you would send anything through Aaron. But he sends word through Aaron that he'll pardon Marcus and uh, Quintus if somebody, one, some Andronicus blood needs to be shed. So they're just going to chop off. One of your hands has to be chopped off, and that's equal to my brother's life. And so now they have to have an argument about whose hand it is better to get rid of. This is also, yeah, this is this is a, a uh, this is a drawn out scene here. Um, basically, Aaron the Moor is going to take the hand. Well, and and it should be noted that Aaron comes in and he, he delivers this message: uh, "Won't kill your sons. One of you's got to chop your hand off." And Titus immediately goes. I'll do it. Thank you for your mercy. Will you help me chop my hand off? And so then everybody else decides to argue. Every- so Titus goes, all right, all right, all right. Go get the axe. And as soon as they go off to get the axe, he goes, Aaron, he goes, Aaron cut my fucking hand off. This is done. <laughs> cut my hand off. The, the delivery, by the way, the delivery Darren Kerr used on it was Lucius, uh, played by Pat Mahood. But I'll go fetch an axe. And he's eager and he's going to go. He's going to go get the axe. He's going to do the thing. And and Darren's delivery of, but I will use the axe was like was like chilling. I had completely forgotten that delivery until you reminded me of it, and that just jogged watching that scene from. And it's the like it was like chilling, hall. like yeah. like oh. Darren Kerr. And I will use the axe. <laughs> like it was, it was fucking. It was legit. Darren's amazing. He's, yeah. He's the best actor that I've directed. So, and Ti- I directed—I mean, I directed some amazing actors in this show. So Titus has Aaron cut his hand off to send it back to the Emperor to get mercy. Here, I chopped my hand off. Which the hand is then returned to him in a box with his son's heads in it. Because there was never a deal. This is no, just Aaron. Just no, Aaron. Literally, Aaron. <laughs> It's just Aaron it's like, you know what would be Titus. hilarious? <laughs> if Aaron had yelled, Bazinga! At the end of it, no, it would have been even better. Aaron doing his best rocket raccoon impression. I need that guy's hand. <laughs> I need his hand. <laughs> Why? I, I just think it'd be funny. Can I have your eye? No? 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 What about your arm? <laughs> I love it when he wants Bucky's arm. Alright. So it comes back and Titus like opens up the box and he seems to think that Aaron's hilarious. Because <laughs> he just bursts out laughing. But because we've we've gotten well into madness here. Um, so, well, I mean, listen, if really? mine but has been we haven't, my... we, haven't, we haven't gotten we haven't gotten to him getting this back yet. First we have Lucius leaves. Then we have the fly scene. I don't care about the fly scene. Everyone should care about the fly scene. It's one of the best scenes in the play. Well, we can talk about it when we go into it in depth, but it yeah, doesn't but I, you, know, you, keep, you keep skipping things. Because I keep skipping things that have nothing to do with the plot. No, the fly scene is incredibly important. He's explaining to everyone about his motivations and beliefs. Okay. Did you read this play? 
multiple times. Have you read this play? I've written ever? papers about it. Well, obviously not if you keep skipping over important stuff. Poopsie, you think every moment of this play is important. Because every moment of this play is important. Then let's go back and do Cleopatra again, and I'll get on my high horse. It was better when you did the fast thing at the end of it. I can do this in less than 30 seconds. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. I can do anything better than... Okay. Let's move on. But it's incredibly important for Titus, for the fly scene to happen, because... It is important to show where Titus's mind has gone and where it is going before we get into the fact that he's about to murder and cause people to eat people. All right, so please explain <laughs> the fly scene for everybody in a plot synopsis. Okay, so they're having a banquet dinner after the hand chopping off scene when Aaron, you know, and then Lucius leaves because Lucius has been banished. And he's going to go off and do whatever it is when you're banished. Um, and the the Lavinia is... But hang on, because the heads come before the fly scene comes. Yeah! No, they don't. Suck it, nerd. No. Yeah. Enter messenger oh, with two no, yeah, heads they in do. a hand. They do, yeah. You're yeah. Right. You're right. Can... <laughs> Cassie's right, but can I... Can it come this way too? No. Can I come this way, too? No. Because you've been skipping everything this whole play because you think everything but, is unimportant, so but no. But I skipped here. One moment. No, you skipped multiple moments. So, jumping on what Beth was saying earlier um, about Titus starts laughing when he gets, you know... All these he- the, yeah. heads... In a, and his hands in a box. And I... I can't fault him for that moment because if my sons had been framed for murder... Very obviously. And I knew they hadn't done it, and they were going to be executed. And then some guy comes in and says, hey, the emperor said if you cut off your hand, I'll spare your sons. So I gladly give up my hand. And then, like, three seconds later, I get my son's heads in a box and also my hand. Do you think the heads were already outside the door? Oh, yeah, they were. I would also start laughing. Oh, yeah. Because at that point, what else do you do? How did the messenger walk out of that room? Titus kills everybody for everything. <laughs> um, because as soon as so Titus... Far, Titus has only killed one person. As that soon as... Kid. Yeah, but still, he has only killed one person in this play. Because as soon of. as Titus opens... Titus newly dehanded opens the box... He did it with his teeth. Like, <laughs> he doesn't have Marcus helped him. Opens the box with the heads in his hand in, and as soon as he starts laughing, if I'm that messenger, I'm going... Oh, the messenger, oh, the messenger doesn't even stick around. I'm the messenger gone. literally enters, He's just a says, guy. says He's just... a short paragraph, and literally the, at the end of that paragraph is the exit. The messenger literally does not fuck around, comes in, brings the box in, and fucking jets. The, like, literally, it's even... Smartest it's in, guy yeah, in the show. Yeah, does not <laughs> stick around. Yeah. So uh, a funny thing about this scene in particular from our performance of the show... Um, so my dad, this is one of the few shows that my dad has actually come up and, like, seen me perform in. Um, and he brought his current girlfriend at the time to come watch us in there. Oh, it's heartwarming. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but they're watching the show, and, uh, they see the, we did a, bu- we did a bag at the time. It was, uh, a, it was the bloody bag. It was a bloody bag. It's in my basement stuff. And, um, my dad's girlfriend leans over to him and is like, I think Chase's head is in that bag. And my dad's like, no, they, they just did the thing. Like, he got off his hand, so he flipped. Oh, 
<laughs> I remember this yeah. story. Mm. Your dad was your dad was holding out hope. He was hoping he'd still be alive. <laughs> He's hoping I'd have more than like five lines in the show. Sorry, Dad. He's like, I drove from Connecticut for this. No, no, that was just Akron. Oh, so he hardly drove. About two and a half hours. Yeah. It's not a it's not a fun drive. No, it's, it's not. Very boring. Yeah, it's across northern Ohio. Mm, yeah. It's still better than driving across Indiana. Mm. Just about everything's better than driving across Indiana. That Indiana's terrible. It's not. Getting your hand cut off by Aaron the Moore <laughs> is better than driving across Indiana. What Especially play was it that I went into Syracuse. a long in-depth It was Comedy of Errors with Syracuse, Indiana. Yes. How much I be in Indiana? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so now, Ryan, uh, yes. now we can Now the, the fly scene, scene, which is incredibly important to the plot, Beth. Mm. I mean, it's important to character development, but it's not important to the plot. Character development is the plot of this play. Okay. But. It's not. Yes, it is. Well, I didn't say anything. It was a fly. <laughs> I'm about to kill a fly. I'm going to smack it upside the head. It's Chase. Don't forget, my name is Cassie Greenlee. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, you said today you're Ryan Hatfield. So I'll beat Ryan Hatfield's ass. I'm Cassie Greenlee. I bet you. Bitch. I bet you do beat Ryan Hackle's ass on a frequent basis. <laughs> Someone's got to. Oh fucking Jesus! Tell me about right, the so stupid the boy, the boy, the boy who is the son of Lucius, Lavinia, Marcus, Titus—they're eating dinner together. Because that's what you do when everybody's dead. Mm. And Titus is trying to explain to his grandson what the fuck is going on. And Marcus is, you know, Marcus is feeling bad for the kid and everything else. And then Marcus kills the fly. And, you know, you know, Titus, what have you done? And, you know, he's killed the fly. And then out on the murderer that kills my heart, my eyes are closed to the view of tyranny. You know, I, I see thou art not for my company, but I have just, all I did was kill a fly. But what if that fly had a father and mother and everything like that? And it goes into how Titus is feeling now that everything in his life is getting fucking murdered. Not when his 21 other children die. The difference with the 21 other children is they signed up for that. Okay. They went to war and they died in war. They made a choice. His daughter being raped and mutilated had nothing to do with... I mean, if she hadn't slut shame. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God damn. I've already put out there that I'm on the side of Aaron in this, right? <laughs> no, but what's happened to his family since he got back is outside of war and therefore wrong. For and- Titus, killing is good and okay in war when done on the side of Rome and done for his duty. And but then stabbing when, your son because he mildly inconveniences you. That was because of the Emperor. Mm. That was because of Saturnine. Mm. That to Titus is un- understandable, and but it also was, like I said earlier, the beginning of his break with, if, with his reality. His reality as the, the so most loyal servant of Rome. It makes sense then at the end of this speech that he should force his daughter to put his severed hand in her mouth. To leave the banquet hall. No, that's just weird. Because Titus is at this point has snapped and has gone crazy. Do tell. Obviously. <laughs> but 
the reason he didn't snap for his 21 sons lost in the war because they went there as soldiers and that's what soldiers do. If Titus had died in the war, that's what soldiers do and Titus is a soldier. I made Tyler Ward get a buzz cut for this. He had to have a high and tight for the show because he had to be... I'm aware. I braided the hair before I cut it off. All right. So... And so that's, that is why the fly scene is important, and it broke my heart to have to cut it from the play when I directed it, because of time. It's so important! Time. To the plot of this play that you didn't even put it in it. I had to. I had to cut it, because we got to the point where we weren't ending the show until pitch black. Okay. Beth, I will come across this table. <laughs> It's unlikely. We're both old and kind of lazy. I'm not. I, I no. I will come across this I table. I feel. I feel pretty safe right now. Okay. You shouldn't. So Titus. Off your hand Titus your decides to have Lavinia carry his hand between her teeth, and gives a head to Marcus, and he takes a head himself, and this is how they march out of the bank. Because he can only carry one head. He only has one hand. I don't. And Lavinia has no hand, so cannot ha- carry a hand. <laughs> Oh, they, they probably should have tried to attach that. They just, can I stick that just on a pole? Beth, I need you to stop. <laughs> okay. And they walk out. Um, he sends Lucius off to go to the Goths um, to make them pay. I don't know what Lucius is going to do uh, by himself. But he has sworn to his father. And he knows. But this is also where we find out that Chiron and Demetrius are the ones that do the murder. Or the, did the race. Yeah, now, now is when we find out. I, we found out a little bit. No. We of, we literally find out after the fly scene. Okay. Okay. So. Because he uses the staff. He uses the staff to write his name and then gives the staff to her. And she writes Chiron and Demetrius with holding the staff with her stumps. <sighs> okay. Goodness. Goodness. Okay, so now we're on to Act 4, Scene 1. So, we're... Well, Act 4, Scene 1 is where we find out about Chiron and Demetrius. Yeah, so that's why I'm trying to figure out, because we've jumped a little bit. That's after the fly scene. Well, mostly what happens after the fly scene is just more talking. Well, also, Act 4 is just pretty much all at Titus's house, kind of... Well, uh, and Lung- Lucius is already gone. Young Lucius is there, which is bold. Right, so well, young Lucius is being, like, followed by her cousin. He has to, he's, help, he's helping Lavinia around. Well, he's also, like, trying to he's get also her trying to, to leave yeah, him alone. Not be followed around by Lavinia. Because yeah. she's yeah. creepy. Mm-hmm. But the point of this scene is basically that they find out... This is yeah, where the murderer... Lavinia the- is able to... Figure out how she can tell right. them what happened to her, and that's when Titus goes, "Ah, uh, and I'm gonna kill him." Marcus so, is ready to kill people. And Marcus you know, is also ready to kill people, and you know that Marcus Andronicus is not a killing man. So phase one, because now we're gonna start into the phases of the plans. These are starting Act Four, Scene Two. We start into some of the phases because of we, Titus's plans. We also get to one of uh, the other of my favorite things that Marcus is. Like says when he's like at the very end of four one when he's like I'm gonna fucking murder some people. <laughs> Basically. Is that, is that That's literally Shakespeare? The line? Yep. That's, yeah, just Shakespeare. Cleopatra uh, says but, I'm gonna make your teeth bleed, but those are literally word for words. I will make. But your teeth yet bleed. so just that he will not revenge, revenge the heavens for old Andronicus. 
That's not as good as I'm going to make it. I know it isn't. It isn't. But this was written before then. Gazunpei. Thank you. Okay, so he was he wasn't to he wasn't to the eloquence of making teeth. <laughs> I'm going to make it teeth. So, Act Four, Scene Two. Titus sends his grandson, grandson young Lucius, to the men who mutilated and raped his daughter with a whole gift of weapons. Because nothing is like... I think that's going to end well. I think so, too. So I'm going to say... pretty well for Titus. Yeah, everything ends well for Titus. And a letter with a verse from Horace in it. Um, but because they're goths, they don't understand what the fuck is going on. No, what a thing it is to be an ass. They are an ass. Tamora has given birth, but something's wrong with the baby. Oh, oh it's Aaron's baby. It's not the Emperor's baby. Whoa, black baby, Bamlin. Um, and <laughs> that is worse than anything else I've said tonight. <laughs> Despite the fact that we're no, no, it definitely isn't, Beth. <laughs> is it because I don't find the stumps? That gross? No, it's because you said that you said that Lavinia shouldn't have slut shamed Tamara, and That's, she, I mean, she deserved what got you what she got. Oh, I didn't say she deserved it. I just think she. First of all, I don't think she deserved what she got, but I think she could have okay. avoided it. It was implied by the way that you said it. Okay, well, that was me, why Chase and I cringed. I don't think she deserved what she got, but I think she could have avoided it. All right. It's still that's nobody still ever, as bad. Nobody ever deserves any terrible thing that happens. To them. That's terrible. But you no, know, the the nurse know. enters with a uh, not Roman baby, right? <laughs> and to, clearly, Tamara gives the baby to Aaron and says, "Take this to the woods and kill it." And Aaron goes, "Um, no, no, I like this baby. This is my baby." I'm going to raise this I baby. Made this. <laughs> I made this baby. I made, I made this. I made this. <laughs> I made this. <laughs> um, and the... To and, me, he, and he fucking... He, like, he goes on about how he loves this baby. He because loves the it's baby. his baby. It's, I remember being in the park and there were weird things with the tiny villain, baby. Villain, what hast thou done? And this is the greatest thing that Shakespeare has ever gifted us Oh, with. yes. The invention of the your mom joke. Yes. Chiron says, Thou hast undone our mother. Villain, I have done thy mother. So the boys are not pleased with how shameless Aaron is about the fact that he's been sleeping with their mom. Um, and Aaron doesn't give a flying fuck. Aaron doesn't give a fuck about anything. Why would he? Why would he start now? And, and of course, Chiron and Demetrius are like, I'll fucking kill this baby. And Aaron's like, you come near, he fucking pulls out a switchblade and's like, you come near this fucking baby, I'm gonna fucking gut you like a fish. Which is, I think, an appropriate reaction. Oh yeah, if anybody, yeah. If anybody came at my baby, I'd fucking gut him like this a fish is, too. So this is one of the this few... This is probably the second appropriate reaction we've gotten all show. The first one was laughing when Titus got his hand <laughs> and son's heads in a bag. This is the only parentally appropriate reaction in the entire play. Well, and... Oh, no. No, what Titus does to Chiron and Demetrius is parentally appropriate. Yeah, okay. I'll okay, yeah. I, to this, how about to this point? To this point, yes. Um, and, but Aaron, Aaron, this is, the, this is the most human, not evil spawn of hell that Aaron is as well. Aaron 
never hurts anyone. Yes, he does. Who does he hurt? Manipulation. Okay, Aaron does not shed a drop of blood. Doesn't have to. He causes everything that happens in the play. Exactly. And, well, he, he, so, he cut off Titus's hand. He did. I mean, Titus oh, asked. Oh, yeah, he yeah. did cut off Titus's hand. But, so he gets this baby, and then he's like, you all, I kind of set things in motion for y'all to murder each other. Not kind of. I I've totally <laughs> set things in motion for you to murder each other. Um, so I'm going to leave. Tell you what, I'm going to leave. I'm going to take I'm, this baby. And I'm going to raise it to be a warrior, uh, because I don't believe that you're not coming after me. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that your children aren't going to come after me. So, uh, we're going to go. Don't look for me, but you'll find me, I'm sure. But when you do, we'll be another source of vengeance. So he, like, bounces. He's like, mm, Nope, nope. He gets, he gets the baby, and he jets. He's my favorite character in this whole play. <laughs> Fucking well, Aaron. But yes, to say that Aaron did no harm is even right. without cutting off Titus's hand. He didn't kill anybody. He didn't rape anybody. He himself, no. But he, he caused the murder of Bassianus, and he caused the rape of Lavinia. He masterminded almost all of it, and then at the height... But that still counts as him doing Yes, it. yes, yes. But at the height of it, at the height of it, so he's caused all of this shit... Oh, yeah, for, and he jets. For literally no personal reason. Like, somebody was like, I would like to get back at them. And he was like, well, I'm sleeping with you, so I will help you plan it. And then once it is no longer his benefit at all to stay around and just mess with stuff, he ghosts. He's gone. Yeah. He's amazing. Well, because he got, he got the baby. What a perfect villain. Because it was the baby was going to get murdered, and he's like, you're not killing my kid. This is no, my kid. No, I mean, I've watched what you do to your kids. <laughs> this is oh. my kid. Fuck you, I'm out. Fuck you, I'm out. And then he, then he you, murders you, the nurse. You, you're cool, I'm out. Alright, so... Yeah, he straight murders the nurse. Well, maybe, but the nurse was going <laughs> to kill the baby too. Alright. No, the nurse wasn't. She wasn't going to do anything about it. You don't know that. It was in a... Behind the scenes. It debunks my whole theory about Aaron. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he straight murders the nurse. Damn it. I right. was I was gonna keep that from you, but I decided not to. Yeah, I was just hoping we weren't gonna talk about it, and I was right. So, and actually, Aaron then goes off to the Goths as well to raise a warrior baby. Well, he says they're to dispose. Is that anything like a rich baby? He says they're. It's to, a magic baby. He's, he says they're. Baby. He says they're to dispose this treasure in my arms. We don't know. This isn't Othello. You don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, look, that does plop it neatly in the Shakespeare theatrical universe. Oh, the Othello is the son of Aaron, the son of Aaron, and tomorrow. Which only makes sense then that the that that Aaron is proto Iago, and Iago is the undoing of Othello. I'm just saying, just saying. Okay, so in marches Titus and his kinsmen. Yep. Um, Titus, Marcus, young Lucius, Publius, Sempronius. And they not great names. take letters no. and shoot them. They're shooting arrows. Shooting arrows with letters attached to them. Um, and just straight into the Emperor's courtyard. Like He kills... Doesn't he accidentally kill like an... Just a random person walking by. No, they just shoot a bunch of arrows. They just shoot a bunch of arrows. Somebody dies in this scene, don't they? No. I thought I remembered 
remember somebody dying because this scene. No, is Aaron's not in this scene. Arrows. They're shooting arrows. No, oh, like, nobody dies in the scene because Aaron. Aaron's not in. No, you're right. Okay. Because Aaron left the play. There's nobody dead right now. All right. One. We got a one scene reprieve. Right. And th- next scene. And that's most of it. That's there. That's literally most of this play is like a one scene reprieve between atrocities. Somebody. So, Titus yeah. comes out, has a bunch of people shoot a bunch of arrows with a bunch of letters into the emperor's courtyard. Next scene. The emperor comes out and complains about a people shooting a bunch of arrows into his courtyard. Why are there all these fucking arrows in my courtyard with all these letters? So, and they're And he all, whines to Tamara. Yeah. And they're all accusations of everything that he's done. And Tamara is super happy about how fucked up Titus is now. She's pleased. Pleased as punch that he's crazy. I would not want my enemy to be insane. No. And Tamara's like, I'm going to go talk to him now. She's like... Don't do that. Now that he's crazy, I want to go talk to him. Don't, don't do that. And, his, and his, son, his son Lucius is with my goths. Because the goths don't even fucking like Tamara. No. She's insane and her children are terrors. So like Lucius... She, cl- she clearly never disciplined those children. Lucius is actually with the goths. They used to be Tamara's army. They're now his army. And they're coming. And they're coming for Rome. And so, they have uh, found Aaron. Yes. And the baby. They found Aaron and the baby. Because that is the next scene. Black child. Act 5, scene 1. We're in Act 5, so we're at the end of the play. Uh, also, don't forget that the Emperor is afraid of Lucius because everybody in Rome loves Lucius. Everybody loves Lucius. Pat Mahood was great. Everybody does love Pat. Um, And Aaron's still talking shit. Because that's what he does. The most untruthful line is delivered by Lucius of all time. That the Rome welcomes the invasion of the Goths because they hate Saturnine so much. No, they do hate Saturnine so much, though. But no Rome, no Roman would ever welcome an invasion of the Goths. But in come the gods. Whether they welcomed it or not, it happened more than once. <laughs> not by the gods. No, the gods invaded Rome more than once. Just as far as it extended that way, not Rome itself. No, Rome itself. No, Rome itself was attacked by the gods. Not well. Yeah, it was. They took Rome. Okay. Historically. Didn't <laughs> Yes, it did. They kicked him back out. Eventually. The Romans win. All right, so. Romans are the worst. No, Aaron's the worst. I thought we already talked about this. Paris is the worst. Come on. Talking historically here. Paris is the worst. Paris is always the worst. (laughs) All right, so Lucius comes back in with a bunch of goths and Aaron and the baby. Aaron talks a lot of shit to Lucius to piss him off. Tells him everything he's done. Mm -hmm. Wants to be hung. Ready to die. Go ahead, hang me. Let the courts deal with me. Hang me. It's better than what fucking Tamara will do to him. She catches him. Um. The Emilius, at the end, Emilius shows up and says that... Who the fuck's Emilius? Uh, he's one of the generals or something of Rome. He Saturnine talked to him a little while ago. Um, uh, but he shows up. 
and talks to Lucius and says, hey... Don't hang that Aaron guy. No, it doesn't say that. He says, hey, Saturnine uh, knows that you're pissed and you brought an army of goths around, but let's talk this out at your dad's house. We'll have a cookout. <laughs> It'll be great. Everybody sit around. We'll drink a couple brewskis. I'm not going to any cookouts at the Andronic Eye. All right, so... And Lucius uh, says, uh, yeah, okay. You know who does want to go to a cookout at the Andronicai? Tamara? Tamara and her kids. Mm-hmm. Well, her kids are guests of honor. Well, they are, They'll but... they be there. But first... For sure. Let's dress up as revenge, rape, and murder. Let's go see if we can make old Titus just a little bit more batty. This is one of my favorite scenes when I directed this it. This is a pretty good scene to watch. Yeah. Tamara shows up as revenge. And with her sons, rape and murder. And Titus, I have come to talk with thee. There's some beautiful back and forth work there. Which is about the only thing that I really enjoy. Like, I enjoy this scene. Don't get me wrong. But there's also the moment where she's about to leave. And Titus is like, leave me, rape and murder. And she's like, Sure. I'm gonna leave my kids here with you. But she thinks he's she thinks he's completely off and lost it, which he is, but not to the point where he doesn't realize that she thinks he's King Lear mad. Yes, he's clearly Hamlet mad. Yes. All right. What? He's he's Lady M mad. I would say Aaron's lady and mad. No, Aaron's not mad at all. Alright. So she she leaves her kids with him, which is dumb. Stupid. And as soon as she walks out the door, they bound and gag the boys. So that he can then, in some sort of terrible James Blonde villain way, explain exactly what he plans to do to them. Because I think that that is important. I would want those two. Oh, thank God! No, chuckle fucks. I would want those two. No, chuckle fucks is like a. Oh God, you just mess things up, and we kind of kind of laugh about it. What about a fuckle Chuck? I don't like that. <laughs> okay. You you had one. You should also take the beer off your computer. I'm worried. It's it's fine. All right. Well, anyway, these two fucking dick care. monsters here. Dick monster. <laughs> there we go. These two fucking dick monsters. Deserve everything that's coming to them. Yeah. Absolutely. And they but, deserve to know that when they die... Why? Why they're dying, and that they will be served to their mother. Well, one yeah. of the things I love about this scene is Publius comes in. Titus calls him in. And he goes, hey, do you know who these two are? And he goes, well, yeah, those are the Empress's sons. And Titus goes, oh, no, no, no. No, this is murder. They're rape, rape and murder. Because they just told me they were. Tie them up, Publius. Hey, Caius and Valentine, lay your hands on these motherfuckers. We should update the language for this. All right. So. We're going we're gonna to fuck them up. And then he has Lavinia hold the, hold the fucking so, bowl with her bloody stump hands. If your arms. daughter had been traumatized in really the worst possible way. I mean, this girl probably has just straight... Like, she, she can't talk because she's straight aphasia at this point. Yeah. Like, we well, uh, just damaged her. So, your your daughter has been traumatized, raped, tongue cut out... Mutilated. Hands cut off, mutilated. If she has the opportunity 
to confront the people who did this to her, watch them die, and be the one who holds the bucket under their blood. Do you think that's going to be a healthy coping mechanism for her? Let's if, look. If I was Lavinia, I'd be like, "Give me the fucking bowl, motherfucker." That's so fair. it all depends on who you are. She is an Andromache, so yes. Yeah, and she, I think she probably asked for the bowl. I think it's an. I mean, it sounded like this. It's <laughs> horrible. But well, I she think doesn't have a tongue. I think there's an interesting. She can't enunciate. I think there's an interesting way to play Lavinia. And an interesting way to direct Lavinia. Um, no, no offense to can... no offense to who I cast as Lavinia. She did fantastically. Who I wanted was Heather, mm. and there's a major reason why. And it's I mean Heather one she's a talented actress, mm-hmm. and it, like I said, no offense to who I did cast as Lavinia, but Heather as Lavinia would have. Wrecked Tyler Ward more. Yeah, and that's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah no, that, that that's lever- leveraging that personal connection, and that is a I wanted that, that a, so bad. Like I want to direct Titus again and have Heather play Lavinia and Tyler come back and be <laughs> Titus. You know, he has a daughter now. You could just make it the worst. Yeah, no, because she's too young yet. I mean, I mean, I have to. I have to wait at least ten years before I can leverage his own daughter that way. You two get back together, probably be ten years. (laughs) Don't say that. That makes me sad. Oh, are you gonna cry the way Titus cried? No, the way Marcus cried and then vowed to murder people. Hmm. That's really how you know it's touching. (laughs) So I, I love that Marcus monologue. I'm I'm not even lying. I'm going to put a pin in this because I really want to talk about it Directing later. Lavinia? Yeah. Directing Lavinia. The, yeah. But we don't need it's to talk about hard. it now because let's get... Right. Let's keep going because there's so much we could talk about as far as when you play crazy. All right. Okay. So... So collecting... Titus... He slits their wee's hands. And when... So let's flash over to Lucius and his men. Uncle Marcus is with him. Yeah. And so... And he's still got Aaron. Yep. And the black baby. The proof of Tamara's treachery to Saturnine. Right. So Saturnine comes in and addresses them all. Um, and Lucius, of course, does not bow down. And Saturnine is confused. Now, don't forget, they all said we were going to meet up at Dad's house for a cookout. Right. So that's where we're at. So Marcus is like, eh, everybody chill out, sit down. The food's coming. Titus comes out uh, dressed as a cook. Even in the script, dressed as a cook. Um, which is, this is part of the reason my favorite adaptation. Oh, we'll get to it. All right. So, uh, <laughs> Titus asked Saturnine, uh, Saturnus to ask, you know, what should he do? His daughter has been raped. She's been mutilated. What would you do? Um, and... The right thing to do, of course, is... What? Was she ravished? Tell who did the deed. Will it please you eat? Will it please your majesty, your highness, feed? <laughs> Titus is like, oh, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to wait till you're full of it first. So, Saturnus agrees, or tells him what to do, and the right thing to do if your daughter's been ravished is to kill her. And... 
Titus kills her. In front of everyone. Just stabby, stabby murder. Murders Lavinia. That is, by the way, the second on-screen child death for Titus. Two out of 25 is bad. Right. No, two out of twenty-five is pretty good, actually. <laughs> Twenty-six, thank you. Okay, sorry. But only one thirteenth of his fucking children. That's less than ten percent. But as everybody's sitting there going, that is less than ten percent. Tell me that's not we good. We don't Look, know what happened to the other ones. I want you to know that I have also killed less than ten percent of my children, as in none of them. I've also killed less than ten percent of my children, but still, that's good. Yours is a zero sum. Yeah, but still, Titus has only killed less than one one thirteenth so, of his children. So Titus has just killed his daughter in front of the emperor, the empress. And we only know about twenty six of his children. He could a have cu- more. a couple of his kids. Marcus, he just slaughters her, and then he's like, "Edie." Well, no, in front of the up. only kid he has left now, eat up, because eat up. he, you know, Lucius oh, yeah. is it. Because we've got the other two head head is probably still in a bag in the kitchen in the freezer. Who knows? Who no, knows? they're hanging up over the, in the on the above the window over the sink. Yeah, that way you can put your ring in it, their mouth while you're washing the dishes. Yeah, mm. so you don't so you don't drop it down the drain. It's important. No, wedding rings cost a lot of money, Cassie. Just because you're not thrifty. All right, so he's very thrifty. I didn't pay anything for my wedding. Why rings. did you kill your only daughter? I didn't do it. You did it. It was Chiron and Demetrius. This is what happened. This is what they did to her. They fucking raped her, and they took her fucking tongue, and they fucking did it. Yep. And so Saturnine goes, okay. Go get them. And bring them to us. And then Titus oh, is like... they're here, motherfucker. You've been eating them. I served them to you already. I brought them right to you. And then... And then <laughs> die Tamara. He fucking, can't, he fucking kills Tamara. Boom. And kills like, ha, fucking you ate your sons. Damn. Just to be fair, if I the only directorial choice I would have changed, it would for, for Ryan's production, I'll only say as I'm drinking, which is I would have had them Captain Kirk chop <laughs> <laughs> the double axe handles, Tamara right in the throat, and that would have been oh no the the, the... Hata! yeah, but this, and so ends and then Saturnine, so. Titus stabs Tamara. Saturnine stabs Titus. And Lucius, Lucius stabs Saturnine. Like within the space of about 15 seconds. There's like three lines said, three people dead. If only Mark Look to your right, look to your left. You're murdering one of them. <laughs> well, and that's one of the things I loved when we did it because fucking Pat, DJ Gearhart played Saturnine. And like... When when Pat goes to when Pat Lucia, as Lucius goes to murder Saturnine and I'm fucking pick him up and slam him on the table and there was supposed to be a knife right there and one time we're in fucking dress rehearsal that like Pat can't find the knife and Chris from the fucking back of the fucking rehearsal goes the spoon <laughs> cut his heart out with a spoon. <laughs> That's why I married him, by the way. <laughs> I'll never fucking forget. That, that's why. Because Pat's just like, just reaching around trying to find a fucking knife. And your husband's in the back yelling to kill him with the fucking spoon. Yeah, so we've why got... Why a spoon? 
Because it's dull. It's dull. It'll, it'll hurt, hurt more. more. So kill Tamra, kill Titus, kill Saturnine, and then Marcus goes, Well, Lucius, I uh, guess, you're, guess emperor. you're Emperor of Rome. And the goths in the background are going, <laughs> Well, first, 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 Marcus is like, You sad motherfuckers. <laughs> The sad, sad tragedy of Titus the <laughs> You sad-faced people and sons of Rome. <laughs> like, Marcus is like, what the shit has happened to my life? I've made poor choices. <laughs> you guys are making way poorer choices. Yeah. This play is fucked up. I it feel like that is... should just be the end of this entire plotline. This play is fucked. It's royally fucked. There's still some there's still some lines from Lucius and Marcus, but mostly it's about you know how fucked this play is. Yeah. Somebody was eating my script. <laughs> it was me. Oh, but we have we have to get a closure on Aaron first. Oh yeah. So yeah, we've yeah. still got Aaron and what's gonna happen to Aaron, here's our new emperor, and it's like I think Aaron should be taken out into the desert, buried up to his neck in the sand, and, and left there. Yes, poor death. Which is horrifying, but also Aaron will probably seems get, appropriate. All right, Aaron will probably get out of it. They took yeah. him to hang him. In most adaptations I have seen, the noose is typically around his neck, and then somebody's like, "No, hanging's too good for him." And Aaron's like, "Fine." I don't care. Kill me however you want. I mean, let's be real here. We don't know that Aaron isn't a fellow. <laughs> yes, we do. I mean, look, if Aaron he, was a fellow, Iago would, wouldn't look, have. Aaron would have yeah. never fallen for the strawberry handkerchief of. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you trying to play a player? <laughs> like. Yeah. He, look, he, he got himself confident. He. Selling himself, he made peace with his past. Look, he put that behind him. Amelia's still alive at the end of Othello, right? Mm-hmm. That's how you know. Amelia is not still alive at the end of Othello. No. Iago no. kills her. I was going to say, yeah. in the fifth act. Otherwise, Othello would not. Amelia would not have survived Othello if Othello was Aaron. Look, we can. I am sure once we finish all of the Shakespeare plays, we will have multiple episodes deciding where each play falls within the Shakespeare theatrical universe. But that is not this episode. It's not. We're going to need a lot of poster board. We're going to need a lot of poster board. We're going to need a pre-meet on some of those. Do you know those like crazy... Like, I'm tracking down a serial killer detective wall. Evidence dungeons. Yeah, where they've got the little red string going through. Yeah, we're going to have one of those. that episode of uh, fucking It's Always Sunny. I I was going with Castle where they open up her, like, weird window cupboard Mm -hmm. and all of it. I haven't seen any Castle. Oh, it's a good show. I know I I would like it, but there's a lot of TV I know I would like. I have never seen more than three episodes of It's Always Sunny and then we'll link. Same, actually. But that one is one of them. But this has been episode 47. Oh, we looked it up. 47. Right. Of the Shakespeare Podcast. I'm Beth Roars. I'm Ryan Hassel. I'm Cassie Greenlee. I'm Chase Greenlee. Say goodnight, John Boy. Goodnight, John Boy. 
This plane really was fucked up. This, this plane so is fucked. Fuck. Was fucked up. It is. It fucked will continue up. to be fucked. It is definitely fucked. Fuck. <laughs>